Some years ago, never mind how long precisely, having little or no money in my checking account and nothing particular to interest me in the kitchen, I thought I would drive about a little and see the syrupy part of the world. Fighting through the storm of hunger, I steered my vessel, a 2004 Honda Odyssey, towards a beacon of light I saw in the distance. I was drawn towards this light, and I knew if I reached it, I could rest upon the pillowy, buttery shores of safety. I sent out my SOS, and the beacon replied, I-H-O-P. The International House of Pancakes has served as a reprieve for struggling road trippers, a safe space for aspiring thespians, and a refueling station for athletic gladiators after a grueling bout of high school sports. And as if this establishment couldn't get any better, on one Tuesday in every February or March, it somehow manages to do so. That day, of course, is National Free Pancake Day, a charity event that combines free giveaways, free pancakes, and is a fundraiser for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. It is perfect. However, no one has yet perfected National Free Pancake Day. In high school, I once visited three IHOP locations on the same National Free Pancake Day, securing nine free pancakes plus an additional six that my parents took home into go containers. This was a good day, one of the best of my life at that point. But this wasn't the pinnacle of performance. One could say I left money on the table, but in reality, I left pancakes on the table, specifically free pancakes. Inexcusable. I'm Mike Schubert, and this is Modern Muckraker. My team and I tirelessly plunge the depths of investigative journalism by answering the hard-hitting questions no one has dared or wanted to ask. On today's episode, we will fix my past shortcomings as we set out to answer how many IHOP locations can someone visit and eat free pancakes at during one National Free Pancake Day. To answer this age-old question, we must first determine how long it takes to visit one IHOP on National Free Pancake Day, also known as NFPD. I realize this acronym sounds close to NFT, but it is different in that pancakes are very fungible, easy to comprehend, and don't suck. After measuring IHOP visit length, we will consider every United States IHOP restaurant and determine which city is the best location for our study. Once our metropolitan area is set, we will work to optimize the route throughout it, ultimately providing us with a definitive answer of maximum IHOP locations that can be visited during one NFPD. To note, at no point during this investigation will we besmirch the good name of Waffle House, an American and decidedly not international treasure. Before we dive into perfecting National Free Pancake Day, we must first zoom out and consider the pancake. Much like skipping breakfast entirely, flapjacks are a staple of the most important meal of the day. 
Archaeologists have found that these thin, round, flat cakes were the first and most common grain-based foods eaten in prehistoric times. The prehistoric era predates the use of money, so in a way, every day was once National Free Pancake Day. Today, traditional hotcakes contain eggs, milk, butter, and some sort of starch, and unfortunately, they usually involve an exchange of currency. Many varieties now exist, one of which is the buttermilk, which as the name implies, uses buttermilk instead of milk. This type of doughy disc is beloved in both America and Scotland, second only to Radon! The International House of Pancakes was founded in Los Angeles, California in 1958 by Jerry Lappin, Al Lappin, and Albert Callis. This pioneering trio was also aided by William Kay and Sherwood Rosenberg, thus forming our breakfast Voltron. This restaurant chain kept its full Christian name for 15 years until finally adopting the shorthand IHOP as an interchangeable moniker. In the amount of syllables it takes to ask, do you want to go to the International House of Pancakes? You could ask someone, do you want to go to Denny's? Twice. So hats off to the marketing department. Acronym or not, the I in IHOP still stands for international. But should it? According to the 2020 Dine Brands Global 10K report IHOP filed with the SEC, of the 1,772 total IHOP locations at the end of 2020, only 102 exist outside of the United States, which equates to 5.76%. But perhaps they don't mean international, as in restaurants scattered across the globe, but instead a menu filled with various styles of griddle cakes from all over the world. To determine whether or not IHOP truly is an international house of pancakes by this definition, we turned to an expert. Hi, I'm Lina Ilaman. I work in IT and my job has provided me with the opportunity to travel all over the world and work from any country that I choose to. And I've been to over 20 countries so far. And I love to eat in those countries, especially the local food. And is there anything better than breakfast food? I asked Lena to provide examples of international round boys. She spoke for 6 minutes and 27 seconds consecutively. Due to time constraints, we cannot include all of the descriptions, so here is a selection of greatest hits, compiled by our editor and sound designer Brandon Grugel. There are so many other versions of pancakes that IHOB is keeping from the people. The Finnish people, the Finn pancake, they call Letu. And the thick, fluffy pancake, they call panukaku, but they make it on an oven tray. They don't make it in a pan. Norwegian people, they have also something that is considered a pancake, and they are much better than most other countries because in their world, pancakes are eaten throughout the day. And they call it svele, and it's like the classic ferry food. So when you go onto a ferry, because you, Norway has all these fjords and tiny islands and everything. So when you travel there, this is what you eat on a ferry with your coffee. Japan, they have something that is called the doraki. They are actually made from cake batter. They don't take just one slice. No, they take two slices. And in between those two slices of this thick pancake, they put red bean paste, taiyaki, which is a form like a fish, 
because it's named after a fish that is supposedly bring good luck. And they pour the pancake batter into that mold and then they fill it with whatever you want. Sweet stuff, savory stuff, red bean paste. And then they fill up more pancake batter, flip it around, and then you have a proper fish and you can eat it. Depending on the part of Germany that you live in, the northern part or the northern eastern part call Berliners, like the fake donut part thingy, they call that pancake. In Germany, we don't just eat pancakes because we have a thing that is called pancake soup. So much range. Though our conversation began with the search to see whether or not IHOP is truly international, we found an international country that is truly the IHOP, the Netherlands. In my opinion, if any country deserves the claim to have international pancakes, then it is the Netherlands, because they have the classic ones, the American ones, the thin ones. They make even thicker ones, like buttermilky ones, really, really fluffy. They also have pofertje, which are tiny pancakes that have amazing history and that you eat with eggnog, so alcohol, yay. But the most important part about Netherlands when it comes to pancakes is that they have pancake restaurants everywhere, literally everywhere. There is no city in the Netherlands that you go where you will not find a pancake restaurant. And they have all the variations. They will have pancakes of all different shapes and forms with meat, with shrimp, with fruit, with vegetables, with chocolate, with ice cream, with whatever you can think of. And so IHOP, not international in my opinion. The Netherlands, very, very close. Incredible. So perhaps IHOP's name doesn't make sense. That's disappointing. But it does not change the fact that once a year, they allow patrons to get free golden saucers in an effort to raise money for charity. In 2006, IHOP established the most important holiday since Arbor Day, National Free Pancake Day. From 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., which is only half of a day, the holiday stated that patrons could receive a free short stack containing three of IHOP's buttery hotcakes as part of this promotion. Thankfully, the 7 p.m. cutoff time is now extended to 10 p.m. in select locations, which is a full 25% increase in quantity of day. Sounds perfect, right? Wrong. Why is it imperfect? Because unlike traversing a theme park via your dad's expertly planned route, this is not optimized. The world has left these puzzle pieces sprawled along the carpet like a Jackson Pollock painting, and no one has put them together. Until now. A less curious person would be satisfied with a holiday in which they could receive free pillowy stacks of perfection in exchange for a small, optional donation. But you're better than that, and so is the entire team here at Modern Muckraker. This is a holiday. And just like the ideal way to spend New Year's Eve is to be forced into singing a duet at the ski resort's teen party with a stranger who, unbeknownst to you, will be attending your high school next semester and will eventually become the love of your life who you will soar and fly with to great heights, there must be an optimal way to celebrate NFPD. The first step in determining how many IHOP experiences we could have in one day is first to discover how long each restaurant visit takes. I'm not afraid of the truth, so I visited an IHOP myself here in New York City. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? 
What would you like to order? Um, can I just do a short stack of pancakes? No problem. Would you like anything else? Um, a glass of chocolate milk. Okay. Would you like a tall glass of chocolate milk? Um, this is like this is a regular size, and then there's like the little mini kid size. And the I think a, a regular size sounds gotcha. good. Okay. Yeah. I'm an adult. Yes, right? <laughs> all right, I'll be back. Anything else? That's going to be all. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. As fun and delicious as this $15.50 excursion was, as a former server, I tip generously, it unfortunately does not provide us with the most accurate depiction of what a visit to an IHOP on NFPD is like. NFPD is to IHOP as Black Friday is to the mall. It's incredibly crowded, the employees are overworked and underpaid, but a deal's a deal here in the old US of A. For a more accurate perspective on what an IHOP is like during the busiest times of the year, we spoke with a former IHOP server. My name is Ali Smith. I worked at IHOP for about five months. I worked the evening shifts for about one month, but spent most of my time working the graveyard shifts from about 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. The reason that I took over the graveyard shift was because the girl, there was only like one girl who was doing it, and she got arrested for selling heroin out of the IHOP. So <laughs> I needed someone. They're like, hey, so she just got arrested. Well, one of you stay and work a double. And I was like, I have nowhere to be and I hate myself. So let's just go. Let's just do it. And then they kept just scheduling me to work that shift. Though we would have listened to graveyard shift stories all day, we had business to attend to. And we asked Allie if she had ever worked during NFPD. I did not work like the National Pancake Day because that's in February and I didn't start until like late April. I did work the 58 cent pancake day that they have in July. I got basically the tail end of it and half of the restaurant was completely full of guests eating 58 cent pancakes. And the other half was like floor to table full of like dirty dishes because we were like so backed up with how many people so if it was like that on 58 cent pancake day, and I had never even heard of that. So the marketing wasn't up to the, you know, the national pancake caliber. I would be absolutely terrified to see what a national pancake day would be like. Much like everyone's home workout routine, NFPD is not consistent. We asked Ali about what times of day within NFPD are the busiest. See, I think that's when people are coming or, or during your classic meal times. And it's just kind of like an early bird garage sale. Like you have like those people who are lining up an hour before they're, this is their whole day. This is the one thing that they're doing. So it's definitely the busiest, like as soon as kind of the doors open up towards the afternoon is when you kind of get your people who are just kind of like, oh, well, maybe we'll swing back. The game theory of optimizing National Free Pancake Day does not stop at arrival times, however. Over the course of your journey, arriving at a supremely busy IHOP location is like having a pop quiz on the one day you didn't do the reading. It is a guarantee. So we touched base with Allie to see if there were any strategies to reduce the time of our visit to IHOP, which is especially acceptable when the intent is to then visit another IHOP. I would think that ordering something else in addition to the pancakes lets people know that like you're serious, like you're not just there to, you know, get a freebie because people who are there to get freebies are always vicious. But if they're like, hey, we're here, but we're also going to be, you know, paying for other things that are full price, I think they'd be a lot more likely to serve you like with more favor 
possibly prioritize you on the rank list just because they know that you're not just trying to like score a free item. And also, you know, if your total on the bill is higher, then you're more likely to tip more. And that's really the, I think, driving correlation between the two. Very interesting. By ordering more, you could actually get out of there more quickly. It's all about the almighty dollar at the end of the day. Thanks to Ali's inside scoop, we can operate under the assumption that an average visit to an IHOP on NFPD, where we order coffee to show we mean business, would take 25 minutes. And an added bonus of drinking coffee is that according to Emily Haller, a registered dietitian nutritionist from University of Michigan Health, caffeine increases, quote, gut mobility, which is the number one thing you want for regular number twos. If we assume that an average commute between IHOPs would take 10 minutes, we arrive at each slapjack exchange totaling 35 minutes. Given that NFPD runs from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. at participating locations, that gives us 15 hours or 900 minutes to work with. And since we all passed long division in fourth grade, we determined that the best case scenario for total IHOP visits during one national free pancake day would be 900 divided by 35, which is 25 remainder 25 or 25.714. For the purposes of our research, though, let's round that down to 25 in case IHOP runs NFPD under Gremlin's rules where there is no eating allowed after the deadline. At the time of recording, there are 1,665 locations between the United States' 50 states and the territory of Puerto Rico. While every location is excellent, not every metropolitan area is strategically optimal for getting the most out of National Free Pancake Day. We love Hawaii, but there are only three IHOPs on the entire island of Oahu, so the prospect of filling one's face all day with wheat blankets is unfortunately low. With that in mind, we should define what makes a metropolitan location ideal for land traversal. The primary criterion we looked for was the closest conglomeration of our current upper bound of 25 IHOPs. The least enjoyable portions of this free food endeavor are the moments that are food-free, namely travel. We don't want to waste time navigating from restaurant to restaurant, so IHOP proximity is key. The secondary criterion is being able to have simple and reliable transportation between the locations. If one would have to take a plane, train, and automobile to get between IHOP restaurants, we cannot recommend the trip. The only thing worse than waiting for a delayed train or plane is waiting for a delayed train or plane when you know you could be stuffing your face for free instead. So how did we actually calculate the most IHOP-dense metropolitan areas? We're not some run-of-the-mill IHOP optimization research team that would rely on Google Maps alone. Here at Modern Muckraker, we are fortunate enough to have a writer with a computer science background and a passion for quick-service restaurants. Hi, my name is Salvatore Testa. Uh, I also go by Sal. I'm a writer for Modern Muckraker. Also relevant to this discussion is that I have a Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science from Rice University. So uh, obviously the first problem that we needed to solve was we needed to know all the IHOPs that exist. If you want to figure out what the most IHOP-dense area is, you need to first know the IHOPs. Unfortunately, IHOP doesn't just publish like an easily consumable format for all the data. Easily consumable like a pancake? That is correct. That would be great if they just had a list. There was a website that offered to sell the data for $80, and I probably would have saved time if I had just paid $80 for it. 
As the person who pays off the expenses of the company card, I appreciate you saving that money because now instead I could treat you to $80 worth of pancakes, which I feel like is a better use of $80. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pancakes. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was uh, I have made a few web crawlers in my day. And fortunately, IHOP lists all 1,665 locations for their American IHOPs on their website. And it's in a very structured HTML format. So I used a Python scraping tool called Scrapey or Scrapey. So I went through and I scraped all 1,665 locations. And then fortunately, the websites all also include the uh, latitude and longitude of the IHOP. So we could make a map of the United States and put little dots for where each of the IHOPs are. The next step was to figuring out where the IHOP dense locations are. And to define what I mean by IHOP dense, I used the heuristic of for any given IHOP, how far away is the nth closest IHOP? So if I said, how far away is the 10th closest IHOP? And the 10th closest IHOP is 100 miles away. I just use that as a reference point for density. So you want that number to be as small as possible. So if we looked at the first five closest IHOPs might be within a 10-mile radius. But if the next one is 100 miles away, it's you're not in a very IHOP-dense location. So, And then the next step was to figure out how, like where the most dense locations were. And I went the less elegant, but quicker to implement route. And that seemed to do pretty well. So for those of you uh, watching at home, there's 1,665 IHOPs. You want to look at all of the remaining 1,664 and rank them by how close they are, which is about 2.8 million calculations. So the only like fancier thing I did was I parallelized it to use all the cores of my laptop, which took a thing that took 15 minutes to compute down to about three minutes to compute. If you have a fancier computer when you're running it, it'll probably take less. If you're running it on a potato, it'll take probably more. What software does a potato use for a calculation such as this? Uh, certainly not Apple. As you know, our estimates for the most IHOPs you can hit in a day is 25. So what I did was I took the list of all IHOPs and I found the one that had its 25th closest IHOP is closer than any other's IHOP. And then I removed the 100 closest IHOPs from that IHOP from the list so that we would we could leave that metropolitan area and we wouldn't have to worry about all of our IHOPs being in the same city. And then I took the next IHOP on the list that had its 25th closest IHOP. That is our number two best IHOP. And then I removed those closest 100. And I continued the process until I had a list of different metropolitan areas with relatively good IHOP densities. Without further ado, we are happy to reveal the five most IHOP-dense cities in America. We will present them in reverse order to produce the most suspense. Known for Rice University, objectively the greatest educational institution to ever exist in the history of humanity, Houston, Texas takes fifth place in this contest for IHOP density. If you were listening to Mike Jones, Mike Jones, and eating Flappy Jace at the IHOP next to Memorial Park, you would be having a great time and be surrounded by 25 other IHOPs in an 18.1 mile radius. Birthplace of go-go music and death place of Michael Jordan's basketball playing career, the DC metropolitan area comes in at number four. 
If you were at the IHOP on the confusingly named Alabama Avenue in Congress Heights, you would have 25 IHOPs in a 16-mile radius around you. Unfortunately, the Potomac and Anacostia Rivers cut through this section, breaking our second criterion. Selected as the worst city in Texas by every other city in Texas, the number three spot belongs to the home of the Real Housewives of Dallas. Dallas. The IHOP on Stemmons Trail has 25 neighboring IHOPs in a 19.4-mile radius. Our top two cities were neck and neck in terms of IHOP density, but unlike the time Captain Chelsea Burnett Sullenberger, colloquially known as Captain Sully, saved U.S. Airways Flight 1549, the Hudson River has proven unclutch in this scenario. The two contenders were New York City, a city full of people pursuing their comedy dreams, and Los Angeles, a city full of people pursuing their comedy dreams that are a bit more particular about the weather. To determine the winner of this heated battle, we made like a third grade math class and introduced the thousandths place. NYC had an ever so slightly smaller 25 IHOP radius of 11.146 miles compared to LA's 11.148 miles. But again, the rivers Hudson and East made navigating between these New York-based IHOPs far too cumbersome. New York City was the best option on paper, but as we all know, Pancakes are not made on paper. They are eaten on plates. Thus, the focus of our experiment became Los Angeles, whose official city motto is, we should do lunch. Before we tried to navigate how to best avoid the literal roadblocks of Los Angeles to optimize our driving route, we must first consider the more metaphorical but still very real roadblocks within the human body. Sadly, most humans cannot eat an infinite amount of short stacks in a given day we haven't quite gotten there evolutionarily just yet. To get insight into the disappointing limitations that our bodies place on our wheat sponge consumption desires, we spoke with a medical professional. Hello, I'm Susan Chapman. I am a registered dietitian in the state of Georgia. I have been a member of the profession for 40 years and have served my profession in many capacities, including being on the licensure board for the state appointed by the governor of Georgia, and also have been recognized as dietitian of the year. Is there a certain amount that you would say, not just with feeling discomfort or passing the daily recommended calories, is there an amount that you would say you should stop eating pancakes immediately? It's more that your body's going to tell you to stop. So Pancakes are very high in calories, high in fat. They're going to sit in your stomach for two to four hours. If you keep loading more short stacks into your stomach too quickly, your body will take care of the situation. <laughs> the negative side effects that someone would feel after eating too many of these pancakes, would it just be general discomfort in the stomach or would there be other more concerning issues that they could run into? No, but if they if they manage to eat the pancakes, wait a period of time, eat more after a couple hours, more and more, then I would expect that you would have more fat in your blood. You would have more sugar in your blood. There would be a lot of things very short term that would be out of line. If you only did this on one day for one event, your body would recover pretty quickly. 
But if you did it on a regular basis, then you might have problems with, say, diabetes, probably more from being overweight. For someone who could handle 3,000 or would on a regular day handle 3,000, is there a number that would be their upper limit? Is it 5,000, 6,000? What would be the danger zone, if you will, for someone like that? I have no idea because my profession is built on variety and moderation. So I would not even be recommending eating only pancakes in a day and a large amount. Susan's profession may be built on variety and moderation, but our profession is built on finding the truth. So we dug deeper into this question like a burrowing diglet. Susan informed us that 3,000 calories is an acceptable amount for a properly young, large, athletic person. But this adventure doesn't have to be acceptable. Here at Modern Muckraker, we feel that 5,000 calories for a one-day splurge is perfectly doable, if not commendable. For example, at the peak of his powers, Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps was eating 10,000 calories per day, most of which came from Subway sandwiches. Assuming they were Subway tuna sandwiches, that would mean he ate approximately one yoga mat and no actual tuna each day. To think someone could eat 5,000 calories and then only be tasked to sit and digest, not swim 13 kilometers, feels perfectly reasonable. I'm confident that even I could do this. After all, between the two of us, Michael Phelps and I have a combined 23 Olympic gold medals. A short stack from IHOP has about 400 calories. Thus, operating under our 5,000 calorie maximum, your everyday average Joe could eat up to 12 short stacks before having to call it quits. But what if you weren't an average Joe? What if you were an above average Joseph? What if you were a multiple world record holding Joey? What if you were Joey Chestnut? Joseph Christian Chestnut is a marvel of a man. His biggest claim to fame is winning 14 Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contests, most recently setting the record at eating 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes during the 2021 competition. Chestnut is so prolific at rapid consumption and digestion that our resident 40-year professional dietitian on the license board of the state of Georgia couldn't even comprehend his natural abilities. I would assume that that many hot dogs is significantly more of an unhealthy choice than eating a lot of pancakes. How is it possible for this man to do so? I don't know. I occasionally watch those shows where they present someone with a huge amount of food and some of them are able to consume it. I don't know how, because it just seems like the capacity of their stomach is going to be exceeded. If in just 10 minutes, Mr. Chestnut can eat 76 hot dogs, whose nutritional facts label simply reads, no, surely he would have no problem eating 25 short stacks over the course of 15 hours. 76 Nathan's Famous Franks in buns equates to 20,500 calories. By comparison, 25 IHOP short stacks is a mere 10,225 calories. That's an over 50% reduction in calories and an 8,900% increase in time allotted. Joey's got this. It's no surprise that an IHOP short stack is healthier than an equivalent caloric amount of hot dogs, but we were pleasantly surprised to learn that there were some nutritional silver linings to these doughy circles. I was looking at the nutrition analysis for the 
short stack. And one of the redeeming values is that it had one third of the daily value of calcium. So in three short stacks, somebody could get their calcium that they need for the day. And that's something a lot of folks don't get enough of. So you've hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream of eating the most edible syrup saucers possible during one National Free Pancake Day and your cardigan. Where do you go from here? 3125 Harbor Boulevard, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. This address will take you to an IHOP in the southeast greater Los Angeles metropolitan area that we identified as the best starting location for this adventure. After a heavy consultation of estimated drive times and traditional Los Angeles traffic patterns, we determined the optimal route to take someone through 25 IHOPs from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., minimizing traffic slowdowns. Here is that route. 3125 Harbor Boulevard, Costa Mesa, California, 18542 MacArthur Boulevard, Irvine, California, 1740 East Edinger Avenue, Santa Ana, California, 1001 17th Street, Santa Ana, California, 1840 South Harbor Boulevard, Anaheim, California, 1560 South Harbor Boulevard, Anaheim, California, 830 North Euclid Street, Anaheim, California, 151 West Orange Thorpe Avenue, Fullerton, California, 2250 East Lincoln Avenue, Anaheim, California, 131 North Kramer Boulevard, Placentia, California, 297 South Randolph Avenue, Brea, California, 1301 West Imperial Highway, La Habra, California, 15344 Whittier Boulevard, Whittier, California, 11139 Washington Boulevard, Whittier, California, 11414 Paramount Boulevard, Downey, California, 7131 Eastern Avenue, Bell Gardens, California, 4014 Tweedy Boulevard, Southgate, California, 6300 Santa Fe Avenue, Huntington Park, California, 800 Flower Street, Los Angeles, California, 3165 West 6th Street, Los Angeles, California, 7006 Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood, California, 8461 Santa Monica Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 5655 Wilshire Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 3625 Stocker Street, Los Angeles, California, and 1880 West Slauson Avenue, Los Angeles, California. Across this journey, the average driving time between locations was just over 15 minutes. So let's review. Ali said an exchange would take 25 minutes. Driving between locations takes an average of 15 minutes. That's 40 minutes per IHOP exchange, except for the first one, since we would be punctual and arrive at location number one at exactly 7 a.m. Thus, under ideal circumstances and the stomach of a titan, the answer to how many IHOP locations can someone visit and eat free pancakes at during one national free pancake day is 22. Thank you for listening to this episode of Modern Muckraker. Modern Muckraker was created and is hosted by Mike Schubert. This episode was written by Salvatore Testa and Mike Schubert. Our editor and sound designer is Brandon Krugel, and our senior project manager is Frida Lucas. Research for this episode was done by Alyssa Esteban. Our theme is by Evan Cunningham. Scoring by Brandon Krugel, and our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. Modern Muckraker is produced by Mike Schubert and Multitude. Thanks to our experts, Lena Ellerman, Ali Smith, and Susan Chapman, and special thanks to Yvette Rippey, whose expertise helped shape this episode. You can learn more about these experts, as well as many items we discussed, on this episode's page on our website, modernmuck.com. You can find us on social media, at modernmuck, on Twitter and Instagram, as well as reddit.com slash r slash modernmuckraker. 
This podcast was made possible thanks to our Kickstarter backers, and we'd like to give special thanks to the following supporters. Ellie, Zoe Kopp, H. Gemmel, Sydney Aquino, Vicky Garcia, The Menace Sisters, Polly Burridge, Hannah Langswert, Matt Barger, Kelsey Gillespie, Juliana Varner, Jack Schubert, Joel Schubert, Barbara Schubert, and Selena Ellerman. Join us next week for our fourth and final episode of season one, in which we will answer the question, if you lost half of an orchestra, what remaining instruments would produce the worst possible sound? And for dessert, here's some pieces of additional information. If you visited 22 IHOPs on NFPD, you would eat 66 pancakes, totaling 8,998 calories. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the truth.